Welcome to the Dragon's Library, a podcast where I, the Dragon, talk about all the media I enjoy, past and present. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Today we're going to be talking about the Dragon Prince, and I'm really excited about this one because I love this show so much and more people need to watch it. Like, seriously, no matter how many people are watching it, more people should be watching it. Uh, so the Dragon Prince, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is a CGI show from Netflix. Um, it's written by some of the same people who wrote Avatar The Last Airbender and has a lot of similarities to that show. So if you liked Avatar, this is definitely a show you should check out. Um, anyway, so uh, first up, my personal opinion on the show is amazing. Now, the first season can be a bit off-putting because animation is a bit stuttery. Uh, it's They use this really, like almost like mimicking 2D animation style, CG animation. And it's not the best in the first season. Honestly, the show's weakest uh, section is literally just the animation of the first season. It gets better in the second season, and the problem is basically gone by the third season. But even once you get used to it, when you go back to the first season compared to the other two, you can still see a noticeable uh, lower quality of the animation. So, while I do really like the show, uh, a lot of people weren't able to get into it because of that initial off-putting animation. And I totally get that, but I'm just saying you should definitely give it a chance if you tried it and thought the animation was bad. Because it got much, much better, and they got way better using their style and not trying to ape to the animation. Um, anyway, from this point on, we're going to be using spoilers. Uh, my personal opinion, love the show, love the characters, great story, can't wait for season four. So, in this video, we're going to be talking about Season 1. Um, we will have spoilers for Season 1 and possibly spoilers for Season 2, depending on how I feel. Uh, I won't be spoiling anything from Season 3 yet, because that one is the latest season, and I feel like if you're going to see the show, you should at least not have that spoiled for you yet. Um, so, The Dragon Prince is set in a fantasy world where humans have been exiled to the other half of the continent, for using dark magic. So, in the Dragon Prince world, there are six primal sources. The sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, the ocean, and the sky. And all magic draws on those sources. There are certain magical creatures that are born with a connection to them, um, and humans aren't born with a connection to any of them. So, they developed dark magic. And dark magic is the art of draining magic from magical creatures, you know, killing them in the process in order to power your spells. So, hey, I need to catch a fireball. Oh, well, there's this uh, phoenix over here. I'll suck the life out of it and, you know, throw a fireball. Anyway, after, once humans developed dark magic, the others saw it as, you know, almost like vampirism. So they were like, they banished humans to the other side. Humans formed their own kingdoms. Um, and the dragons, along with the elves, did the banishing. So the dragon king decided to put his uh, home on the border, and he would live on the border and guard that division. He'd keep the humans out and protect the elves. Um, a few years before the story begins, one of the, uh, some of the kingdoms gathered together and they killed the Dragon King, along with supposedly destroying his uh, unborn child's egg. So they just killed the Dragon Prince. Um, now, this is later revealed to not be true in the first few episodes. The story officially starts with an elf assassin named Rayla and two human princes named Callum and Ezra. Uh, Callum is the stepson of the current king of... Oh, God, I forget the king, king's name. Um, 
Catullus, Catullus, and they're the kingdom that's closest to the border. And that king was directly involved in the, you know, destruction of the egg. So a group of elven assassins have come to take vengeance by killing him and his children. Uh, their mother died. Um, Ezra is the biological son of the king, whereas Callum is his stepson. And Callum is interested in potentially becoming a mage. He ends up getting hold of a stone that has a direct connection to the sky, which allows anyone who wields it to be able to uh, cast sky magic spells. Uh, Callum, I mean, yeah, Callum, that's Callum. So Ezra can talk to animals, that's his thing. Uh, they haven't really explained that, even up to the point of the show I am, so I don't really know what the deal with that is, but he has a sort of, like, psychic link with animals and he can understand them. And meanwhile, Rayla is an assassin who ends up befriending her targets. Uh, she's a lot of fun, especially when she tries to act like a human. It's, it's just weird. Uh, so what happens is... Callum and Ezra end up finding out the eggs while the elves are attacking, and they discover, when they discover that it's been saved, they think that if they give the egg back, they can avoid war. Uh, Rayla decides to go against her group. Uh, see, they uh, all swore a blood oath to kill the king and princes using magic, and they have these two bands, one on each arm, and one for the princes, one for the king. And as long as they're, those, those targets are alive, the band will continue to constrict their wrist. Eventually, it'll cut their hand off. Uh, so the king dies, and one of the bands go off, and Rayla ends up hiding it from him for a season. And meanwhile, she's slowly losing her hand as they travel to Zadia. Uh, so it's an interesting dynamic. So you have a budding mage, Callum, who has a magic sky stone, uh, that you can use to cast wind and lightning spells, and he's slowly learning how to use it. You have Ezra, the sort of naive child who, you know, can talk to animals. And you have Rayla, the badass assassin who can, you know, jump all over the place, has these two really cool hook blades that can kind of extend and can go into different configurations depending on what she needs. Um, meanwhile, the human, uh, like in the human kingdom of Catullus, there's the king's advisor, uh, Viren. And he's a dark mage. He's a mage who practices dark magic and sucks the life out of magical creatures in order to power spells. He was responsible for convincing the king to kill the dragon, dragon king. Uh, in a sense, he started all of this. Now, don't get me wrong, the king does accept his, you know, fate in the end. He says, I did this even if it was at your uh, advisement. And he takes it, you know, accept what he does. Viren tries to convince him to use dark magic to switch his soul with another so he can let his body die, but he will live on someone else's body. Uh, the king decides not to. It tells Viren to get out. Um, Viren goes back to say he would take his place so an innocent wouldn't die, but the king is too furious, won't listen to him, and Viren feels personally betrayed by this and ends up turning into the main antagonist of the series. So while the princes are trying to escape uh, the human side of Zadia, and go to the magical side, the Viren is sending his children, uh, Claudia and... Oh, God, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, her brother. Uh, I forget his name at the time. But she, he, they're both a lot of fun. They're basically like Team Rocket, but without Meowth. It's, oh, it's hilarious. They're the best. Claudia is like this really ditzy kind of magic user, but she also carries around just random, powerful, magical, you know, magical body parts. It's like... Oh yeah, I have something for that. Like, at one point they need uh, Griffin's Eye to... This is in the second season. They need Griffin's Eye in order to uh, make a bolt hit a dragon. And then she just pulls it out and she's like, Yeah, I have it carries around me. And it's like, wait, you care around a Griffin's Eye? Yes. And you should thank me for being so prepared. Say, say it. And she, 
they're the best. Their dynamic is really fun, and they have a good dynamic with the other characters, especially since they're not truly trying to kill them so much as they are trying to get them back home because their dad is being a little secretive about it. Um, Viren is also very convincing. He seems himself as a good guy about, you know, trying to fight back about the magical creatures who are about to ta attack and murder them. Uh, he feels betrayed that his king, who trusted him for so long, wouldn't listen and take his easy out. Um, and all in all, it's very interesting. So over the course of the first season, they're trying to get a hold of... Well, they're trying to get Zim to Zadia. And as they're going there, uh, Zim's egg ends up following in a frozen lake. The, the Dragon Prince's egg starts dying. Uh, the Dragon Prince's name ends up being Azamondius, and they just nickname him Zim. And he's so adorable! He's so cute. Uh, sorry, that's not important. But basically, they end up going to look for a healer, and she, the healer ends up being an illusionist. It's... She's a lot of fun, but she's not really important right now, so if you get to her, you'll see why she's fun, but, um, so they can't heal her, so they decide they have to hatch the egg, and Callum ends up giving away his primal stone. He destroys it because a storm dragon can only be birthed in the eye of a storm. So since the primal stone literally contains a storm inside of it, which connects it to the sky arcanum, uh, Callum destroys it in order to create a storm to hatch the egg. Which ends up being, you know, sort of, he's giving up his magic in order to hatch the egg, which is more important, you know, noble sacrifice for the hero kind of thing. Uh, in the end, Zim hatches, and that's basically how season one ends. Season two is about them reaching Zadia, they, you know, go the rest of the journey, and it ends with uh, Ezrin going back to rule Catalus because they finally find out their parents died, I mean, their dad died, and Callum and um, Rayla decide to head to Zadia on their own with Zim. Um, I actually really like the way they handle it, because Rayla spends most of the first season knowing that their dad's dead. Uh, King Hero died. She knows it because her other band isn't, you know, constricting her arm anymore. But she hides it from them. And when Callum finds out, he goes to tell Ezra, because he gets really mad at Rayla for hiding it from them. But then he fails to tell her him, because he can't bear to tell his brother that their dad is dead. And he just has this moment where he goes back to Rayla, and he's like, I couldn't do it. And I'm sorry. It's like, oh, this is why you didn't do it, because you didn't want to see us literally, you know, having a mental breakdown in the middle of this point. You couldn't bring yourself to hurt us. You didn't hide it because you wanted to hurt us. You did it for the opposite reason. Um, and I kind of like that. Like, they didn't do this whole thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to spend an episode being angry at you. It's like, no, no. They tried, he tr immediately tried to do the thing he blamed her for not doing, realized he couldn't for the same reason, and got over himself. Uh, which I like. This show is very good at making the characters act realistically. They seem like friends who actually, you know, got together in this board quest, but slowly grew to care about each other over the course of the story. Uh, Zim's a lot of fun once he gets introduced in season at the end of season one, and more so in season two and three. And all in all, that's just the show. Uh, they, you know, enter Zadia at the end of season two, and... Uh, season 3 is entirely in Xavier. I won't spoil any of that for those of you who want to. If, uh, you know, once Season 4 comes out, I might talk more about Season 3 along with Season 4. But for now, I think that's about it. Uh, one thing that I really like about this show is that it's just so creative. The world they create is just so interesting. Like, especially Dark Magic too. Dark Magic is really fascinating because it doesn't just, like... It's not like, oh, fire for sun or whatever. It's... They gravitate towards the abilities of the magical creatures. So, like, the griffin's eye is really focused on accuracy and, you know, clarity, so that's how it's used to make a homing bullet, along with some other ingredients. Uh, the two-headed soul-sucking snake is used to transfer souls between bodies. Like, 
Dark Magic seems like it's very innovative, but it's very clearly this evil, destructive, parasitic type of magic. Um, and the main characters are grapple with the choice of whether or not to use it, especially Callum in a few situations in Season 2, where he's, in one situation in particular, where he's forced to use Dark Magic in order to save a dragon, um, and ends up suffering consequences from it and learning from that experience. And using it ends up tainting him so other magic creatures can, you know, sniff out that he's used it once before. They can smell death on him. Uh, which makes it for some interesting interactions later on. Like, there are long-lasting consequences to that attempt to use dark magic, even though it was for a good purpose. So, all in all, it's a very fun series with some likable characters who have good dynamics and very good animation once you get past Season 1. Again, if you think the Season 1 animation is off-putting, push through it. Season 2 and 3 is much better. So yeah, uh, if you like Avatar The Last Airbender, this is a very similar series. In fact, you have some of the writers from Avatar working on this series, and uh, the voice of Sokka is actually the same guy who voices Kate, uh, Callum. So you get to hear Sokka. Plus, the secondary major overarching bad that's, work, that's manipulating Viren in Season 2 uh, has the voice of Ko the Face Stealer, the best villain from Avatar. There, I said it. Uh... And, oh my, when I heard him, it was like, oh, this is going to be a good villain. He's just, his name is Erebos. Uh, I won't talk too much about him, but he's a, he's an elf who is banished in a mirror. And he is just so evil. It's, oh, I love him. He's just, every moment he's on the screen, I just get chills. He's a wonderful villain. I cannot wait to see what they do with him in season four. So, yeah. Hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the Dragon Prince seasons one and two, along with a bit of my thoughts on season three. Uh, I can't wait for season four to come out, and when it does, I guess I'll have my thoughts on it then. So yeah, have a great time, and please check it out. So next week we're going to be doing a review of Kong vs. Godzilla, I mean King Kong vs. Godzilla, and A Natural History of Dragons by Marie Bennett, which is a book I've read recently, or listened to on audiobook on Audible. Um, and I enjoyed both of them a lot, and I want to talk about them. So those will be our topics next week.